With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. E-S-N-Y. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Clean Sweep, which is Elite Sports New York's Brooklyn Nets podcast. Uh, this is your host, Matt Brooks. I'm here with my co-host, Danny Small. How you doing? How you feeling today? Uh, we're doing this. We're recording this a little bit earlier today, so I'm a little more full of energy <laughs> than we normally do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm I'm ready to go. We're getting you know getting close to it now. That's one more preseason game, and then it's off to the real thing. I'm. You know, just ready for it to start. I'm. It's here. Um, me too. I'm very ready. Uh, I've watched a couple. I don't know how much preseason you've watched. I watched the two Nets games, and I've watched a couple of other random ones. I kind of weirdly like the the Phoenix Suns this year. Not like to be good, but just they're like I'm, a little more watchable. <laughs> I'm I'm with you on that. I'm a big Rubio guy, so like I'm 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 in on that. But yeah, I I saw the two uh, the two Nets games against the Lakers, which. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff going on over there, so yeah. I, I don't want to read too much into the Nets preseason stuff. Um, but you know, there's some interesting things going on. You know, you like to see Levert. Uh, Prince looks pretty good. So, like I said, I don't I don't want to read into yeah. all that stuff too much. But what I will say is, if you watch the Lakers last night, I know it's a preseason game, but they looked good. They just huh. they looked really really good against the Warriors. So. Conversely, I, mean, I think that Warriors. Like, sorry, I'm cutting you off. Conversely, though, that Warriors team ahead. does not look good at all. I don't know if they're a playoff yeah, team. I mean, that's. I mean, I still, I, <laughs> I feel like I can't go against Steph Curry. Like I, until until I see it, I won't believe it. But they didn't look good. They didn't look good. That's that's for sure. Um. All right. Well, we'll get into. We're doing, I guess, like a. A predictions podcast. I know we're getting right, running right to the uh, the deadline to be able to do any more prediction stuff, but uh, <laughs> we're trying to get one last little prediction in. So we're going to go through today. Um, I guess give our predictions on where we think the Nets are going to finish. I, I actually kind of I came on uh, your well the the podcast that you're regularly on uh, the Knicks podcast that we have for Elite Sports New York um, and talked a little bit about the Nets, gave some prediction stuff, but I thought it'd be fun for both of us to really sit here and give a, our more, uh, I guess, extensive thoughts. Cause mine were pretty condensed when I, when I gave my stuff. So, mm. um, since I talked the whole time on that podcast, I'll let you go first. Um, where do you see this team finishing win wise standings wise? And, uh, why do you think you, they're going to finish in that? And I guess that part of the standings. Well, I think I'd, I'm probably not alone in this, where I have Milwaukee and Philly at the top. I think those two teams, you'd put them at the top tier in the East for sure. And then after that, I think there's like a there's there's a bunch of teams in that next level, that mix from like three to nine, 
maybe even 10, but I'm hesitant to throw Chicago into that mix um, right now. But I think for the Nets, I have them, my official prediction that I'm going to stick with now, I have them 46 wins next season. And I think that's going to be good for about four or five in the Eastern Conference. I have them at five right now. That's I think that's what I'm going with my official you know, prediction. But I really, I think there's so much that can happen in between that three seed to the eight seed because you got Indiana, when's Oladipo coming back? When are they going to be, you know, strong with him? Um, then you have Miami with Jimmy Butler now who, you know, top 15 player, you know, it seems like they're a little reinvigorated down there. Boston, Kem- I know that oh, there's a lot of change there, but you got Kemba Walker, you got good young pieces. Um, Toronto too. I mean, obviously they lose Kawhi, but I mean, who knows? You know, they still have a very good team there. And they were great without Kawhi. I don't have the exact record they were without him, um, but they were phenomenal with him when he sat last year. And then you have Detroit with Blake. You got Orlando. They made the playoffs last year. So there's just, to me, there's a lot of, like, mix in there yeah. of that next level of maybe not elite teams in the East, but good teams. And I could really see Brooklyn going from anywhere to three all the way down to eight because I'm not going to, I don't think they're going to miss the playoffs barring a Kyrie Irving, you know, devastating injury. I don't think they're going to miss the playoffs, but I, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of like uh range. There's a big range where they can end up finishing in the, in the, and going into the playoffs, you know, three through eight, as I kind of put that number there, which I know I'm not, it's <laughs> like, I'm not making a specific prediction necessarily, but I think, I think it's going to be interesting to watch that second tier of teams. Yeah, I even think I'd go like three through nine almost. Like I feel like you could even put like the Bulls haven't looked great so far, but you could put like them in. That's the, Yeah, they're my one that's like kind of on that cusp, but I, I don't feel comfortable putting them in yet. There's just a couple like really – I just feel like there's going to be one young team that kind of sneaks their way into there, kind of similar to like how Orlando was last year. They just kind of came out of nowhere and the Nets in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I I have them – I've flipped it around so much. I'm just going to continue to ride my high of, uh, <laughs> of of being a Miami Heat guy this year. I think I have – so I have Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Miami probably at like 47, 48. Uh, realistically, I think I'm going to put the Nets at 40, like 6, 47. Probably the Celtics at 46, 47. Oh, they, they look pretty solid so far. I just mm-hmm. – I have weird bad juju with, with, the, with the Celtics from last year. And then after that, I guess mm-hmm. I'd have the Pacers and then some mix of the, the Magic Pistons and – uh, the Raptors even. Uh, I, I don't have a ton of interest at the bottom of the conference this year, to be honest with you. Uh, uh, yeah, that's understandable. Yeah, it's like it's going to be a weird mix of like kind of how the bottom of the standings last year were, where it's like, wow, we're really getting that excited about, you know, teams fighting for 42, 43 wins. But this year, I don't mm. even think any of the teams are that interesting. At least last year, you had some like up and coming teams. Now it's just feels like a mix of sort of has-beens or teams that are like hanging on till the uh i guess for like the the very end for lack of a better term so um that's what i have right now um i i on on the podcast that i did yesterday that i was on um i said there were a couple of big questions with the nets um namely just going to be health i think that's a big one for them um and then just what karis lavert is is that guy the the next third star um what, what have you seen from him so far specifically that gives you an inclination of what he's going to look like this year. Well, I think, 
you know, last year it's so tough to to figure out what he's eventually going to be because those first few games he played before his injury, it was like he was the D'Angelo Russell of the team. Yep. He was the, you know, this guy's going to be the an all-star this year. You know, he seemed like he was that guy. Then the injury happens. He really struggled when he came back. But then in the playoffs, you know, you see his game was was almost tailor-made for the playoffs. You know, he could get to the basket. He can create his own shot. He was knocking down threes. And we've seen some of that in preseason, which, again, I don't, I hate overrating what you see in the preseason. But the other day, 8 for 11 from the floor. You know, I think it was 22 points. He had some rebounds. I know you're a big uh, Karis LeVert facilitator guy. He, I think he had five assists in that game. So he's doing like a little bit of everything, and they're going to need him to be that second star if they're going to end up being a three seed and you know, kind of exceeding expectations this year. They're going to need him to really step up and become that guy. And I, I mean, so far so good. You know, when the season starts, obviously things can change. We haven't seen him really play with Kyrie Irving yet, so that's something that could you know, kind of alter how he's looking out there. Um, but I mean, I'm a Karis LeVert believer. I think he's so, he's just so crafty getting to the hole. I think his, his favorite move that I see him do is he dribbles to the left baseline and he does this little hesitation where he, he turns his body and it's not even like a half turn back or anything. It's just this slight hesitation where his, his shoulder goes back. The defender pauses for a second and then he just sneaks right in and goes right up. I think he's he's just so crafty inside the basket. I, I I'm I'm a big believer in him this year, and I don't want to put like all I'm saying. Oh, he's going to make the All Star game because it's just. I mean, I don't know. It, it it's a tough it's a tough expectation to put on a young yep. guy like that. But if there's any if there's anyone besides Kyrie who's going to make an All Star team, it's Karis LeBron. Right. Yeah, it'll be competitive. He'll be like one of the many guys in the mix for All Star game. Um, to him and like mm-hmm. Aaron Gordon will probably be in the mix. Uh, a mm-hmm. couple other guys. I don't know about anybody in the Hawks. Maybe you get that Zach Levine. I'd say could even be there. Maybe I'd say Trey Young. I mean, I, I know it's against the Knicks, but he looked he looked pretty good. Yeah. I mean, he's just he 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 runs that pick and roll as well as anyone almost now. And you know what is he? Twenty years old. Yep. I mean, I I, I really like him. But yeah, like you said, there's going to be kind of like a, a mix of those young guys who it always seems like in the East, there's always this pool of, of young talent where it's like all-star game question mark where, mm-hmm. you know, you have all these guys. I think I think Levert being in there is obviously a good thing for the Nets, but we'll see if it actually pans out for him. Right. Um, going back to your thing on like how he plays, he always looks like he's about to lose control of the ball. Like, it always looks like he's dribbling it, like, almost too high, and then he pulls it back in. I think that's my favorite part about his game, because mm-hmm. it's kind of like the Harden thing, where it looks like he isn't going anywhere, and then all of a sudden he's at the rim. It's like his version of that, where <laughs> it's like, it looks like he's mm-hmm. going to be out of control, and, like, there are moments where I'm like, can this guy dribble? And then it's like, oh, yeah, he just got to the rim and did this, like, yeah. his, his little dump-off just... game with, with Jared Allen is outstanding. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and that's uh, actually... I'm actually I I love that you brought up Allen because I think just like his the way he finishes at the rim like his touch you know if he can handle the ball out of the short roll that's kind of another question going into this year because obviously you know they have Jordan now but they do think you know Allen's the guy of the future I mean you know you see him and Levert starting to build some chemistry I think that's definitely you know one of the positives you can take going into this season 
but we'll see if that if that continues. What do you uh, what do you think about Jared Allen going into next year? I mean, he's he's obviously kind of one of these guys on the Nets where it's like a lot of their future kind of feels like you know depends on how big of a jump he can take. Big year for him. I mean, I, you kind of say that for anybody in year three. Uh, I have I apparently I'm the the guy that's the big Jared Allen stand in the Nets community. That's that's what it's turned <laughs> into because I'm all for like I think he's made subtle little progressions. I think he's going to be somebody that slowly gets better. Probably doesn't top out to be really ever an All Star or anywhere close, but it's just really solid at what he does in a lot of ways. Um, you know, he's somebody that I think will be a, a really versatile defender by the end of it. Maybe he's not going to be like you know, guarding guys consistently on the perimeter. But I do think mm-hmm. he has the ability to kind of get better at that, kind of similar to like what Clint Capella was able to do or like a Tristan Thompson in certain mm-hmm. situations. So I think there's some value in what he does. He'll get bigger and stronger throughout his years. He'll become a better rebounder. He has such long arms. I just feel like that really helps. Um, I also appreciate... There's plays that he does that I think as I've grown, like this is going to sound really obnoxious, but the more I watch basketball, the more I start to see little things. And he does little things like he'll get, you know, a, a he'll, he'll, he'll get the ball like sort of on the elbow. He'll do a handoff and then he'll spin into a screen and it gives the guard a lane to the, to the rim. And he does it all in one motion that when you watch their new guy, Nick Claxton, Nick Claxton, like barely knows how to screen at all. He's amazing. I think he's a really great young player, but it's little things like that that I think that Nets fans a lot of the times will take you know sort of for granted because they're not flashy plays in any way. Um, also, Jared Allen is just outstanding in terms of his positioning on offense. He's he kind of finds a way to like hide under in the dunk spot uh, or even closer to the baseline and then sneaks his way in. I I just I like what Jared Allen brings. Um, I don't think he's going to be somebody that gets an extension in I guess next summer when he's eligible. Uh, but I, I, I think that they will find a way, especially with him, um, to find a deal that is kind of keeps both sides happy. I, I could see them figuring that out with him because I don't know. They've really developed him. I don't, I don't know what he would look like on a different team or if he'd even be in the league. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but I, I, yeah, I mean, you, you never, you never know, but, but I agree with you, um, not to cut you off, but just on the the whole extension talk, like they do, they have some money, you know, roped into DeAndre Jordan. Now they're going to have to pay Joe Harris. They just paid Karis LeVert. So, you know, eventually the money's going to start running dry. I think being able to sign, you know, Joe Harris or Jared Allen to one of these, you know, kind of team friendly deals might be, you know, one of the next big challenges for Sean Marks going forward. Yep. And Torian Prince too, who I don't, I think they need yeah, to see I, a little more. I forgot out of, about him too. Like just in terms of he can shoot, yeah. it, but I'm I'm interested to see. It'll be really telling with how this organization looks at things with if they're able to get a deal done because I don't think he's going to get an extension. I, I think that's out of the question. They just haven't seen enough from him. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see if they give him. Well, if they give him a contract next summer, what that that money looks like, and then if they do it at all, it'll kind of tell you like, okay, they need guys that are either a little mm-hmm. bit more well versed or something like that. So I'm I'm interested to see what that looks like for them, because he can shoot it, but we'll we'll mm-hmm. we're, definitely, we're waiting to see a little bit more like what other things he can do. Yeah, and I mean, I <clears throat> I I don't think I would necessarily peg him for like a breakout breakout season where he turns into. Right. 
you know, some star or anything. But there's, I mean, there's a chance because he's going to be playing big minutes. There's a chance he can outplay kind of what the Nets can afford for him. I mean, that's not out of the question right now right. that, you know, Torian Prince becomes a big contributor. And then all of a sudden, you know, you got teams, teams looking at him like, okay, is he, this the next guy we can kind of, you know, add to our young core, you know, what have you. So, I mean, Prince is another guy who's going to be interesting to watch this year for sure. I mean, guys that can shoot 40% and can defend in certain situations are going to make money no matter what. So I, they'll mm, be, he'll have yeah. suitors next summer. It's not that at all. It'll just be interesting to see. I think that what I mean by that last comment is that it'll give you a better idea of exactly what Marks is building, depending on what they give him mm-hmm. and whatever. So, but um, yeah, I uh, who do you think, I mean... Who do you think's going to be like the big? I I guess X factor is the question I want to ask. I I I feel like you can just pick Karis Levert. So outside of Karis Levert, who do you think the big X factor is going to be for them? Mm-hmm. Oof, that's a tough one because obviously, yeah, Karis Levert is the guy that you would normally pick there. But I think I'm looking to the second unit. I think Spencer Dinwiddie's got to have a big year that's because there's some question. There's there, there's some questions there about that bench. I mean, last year the Nets bench was great. This year they're going to have, you know, probably I think DeAndre Jordan coming off the bench with Dinwiddie, which is a good combo right there. But there's still some depth issues. You know, who's going to be the other guy to kind of take some of the scoring load on that second unit? I think they're going to need a lot from Spencer Dinwiddie this year. And hopefully, you know, he's up to the task because – He's, you know, we know in the past when he's gotten big minutes, he's he's always come through um, in the clutch. But obviously, a little bit different. We don't know how he's going to mesh with Kyrie. Obviously, they're good friends off the court, but on the court, you know, two ball dominant guys. We'll see how that works. Um, but also, a thing I think a good thing about Dinwiddie is he's kind of him and Joe Harris. We know are the two guys who've kind of were really built by Brooklyn and are kind of the two best examples on the team to me, at least of, you know, the Brooklyn culture, the Brooklyn development. I think he's pretty comfortable where he is. I would bet on him having a pretty good season and who knows, maybe even, I think, I think I saw something today. He said something like um, he's still betting on Lou Williams to win six man of the year. But I think, if you're looking at Spencer Dinwiddie, he might he might be right up there with him yeah. this season. Yeah, I, as I said, I think previously, I, there's going to be a year where he gets that award. I would be surprised if he doesn't. Um, I think mine's going to be a combination of Kuroks or 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 uh, Musa, who I think has looked really impressive. I already feel bad about what I said on our previous mm-hmm. podcast. <laughs> we were not, we didn't have much to add on Musa, and now it looks like he's going to be like one of their main contributors. Like he might be their yeah like fourth guard by the end of the year. I don't know. Like it's pretty crazy how much they're using him. He can shoot off the dribble. Like he's, I just was. I've been so impressed by him. Yeah, he is really, and he's huge and too. He's, I, that's the thing. I like with him and Kuroks. I see similarities in their games just because they're they're like these kind of like big athletic guys. Who I mean, Musa is a guard and Kuroks is a forward, so it's a little different. But Musa also kind of plays with, like, no fear, it looks mm-hmm. like, out there on the court, which Kuruks, Kuruks, that was, I think, the biggest thing that, that had Kuruks, you know, set him off last year to have a great season, was he came out, like, just, you know, I don't, I don't give a shit who you are, yep. I'm going to go at you 110%. He still and does it. looks it. like Musa kind of has that same, 
that same mentality. Yeah. I mean, it's those, are, I mean, those, those are the young guys you want. You don't want timid guys. And I mean, yeah, I like Musa. I, not that I know a whole lot about him yet because he played so much time in the G league last year. And then it's just preseason this year, but so far so good with what you see from him. He tries on defense too, which I wasn't expecting. Like he really yeah. tries to like contest shots. He he had a couple moments in those Lakers games where he just completely was asleep and guy just like backdoored him. Uh, Avery Bradley has looked pretty good for the Lakers. Like Avery Bradley is a, a solid cutter. I, was, I wasn't prepared for it. I'll I mean, say that. I much. think they 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 kind yeah they kind of need him to right. Yeah, like they have they they went like very top heavy and now they're just like hoping these you know these vets can contribute. Yeah. but I mean yeah no I I I like. I like what you're saying about Musa with the defense, though, because he he's not great. We we know that, like you said, he get beat on some cuts. Some you know he gets lost here and there. But he's young, and if he's trying, he's got size, he's got strength. Could turn into a decent defender going forward. I mean, would help. What is he? He's in six nine. It would help to have a six nine guard in the rotation. Can't hurt. Um. Yeah. I I like him a lot. I'm excited for Kuroks. Um. I, I feel like he's gotten pretty swept under the rug for obvious reasons, but just because of how many breakout guys the Nets have had, it's his his hot start last year has kind of gotten forgot about. Um, I, I, he looks better in instances. Uh, his pace has, seems a little bit more controlled. Um, he's at least like starting to slow down a little bit and like recognizing, oh wait, I can't just go like into six defenders every single time I have the ball. <laughs> Cause a lot of times it felt like he was either going to mm-hmm. shoot a three or just plow into like eight guys. He still does it somewhat. And I remember, I mean, again, preseason, whatever he's averaging more turnovers than assists, which is not great, but his assists have been nice. Like he's doing, he's doing the little drop off passes, which I, I really like. Cause that's the best way to get Brooklyn's bigs going. Um, and speaking on that, Let's say by January, maybe February, who do you think their their starting four or five tandem is gonna be? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I gotta say I, I'll stick with Jared Allen because we're talking him up here. Um and no, that's nothing against DeAndre Jordan. I just think things will work better for the Nets if Jared Allen deserves to be the starting center. So I'll I'll just say I believe he'll he'll be up to the challenge. But I, right now I have to say Torian Prince just because they don't really have, you know, I mean, Kuruks, yeah, is a four, but they don't have like a true power forward on the roster. And I think Prince is at least, you know, the most talented guy who can play the position. I know they're going to be a little undersized with with um, with Prince at the four. And then, you know, you have Allen, who's maybe not the most physical guy at the five. But I think, you know, once the season gets going, once they get the rotations down, I think that's going to be their most consistent tandem up there. I think it'll be... I like the Prince thing. I guess the thing would be is if Kurooks really develops, but I don't know what mm-hmm. we're going to see from him this year. I just, I don't know. It's, I, it, one, I don't know how much basketball he's played this summer just because he's had a whole mess of things to figure out off, off the court, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know. I mean, that's just yeah. got to be distracting for a young player. Uh, so I like the Prince thing. I'm interested to see what they what happens with Jared Allen. There are going to be games where just because there's so many bigger players in the East, where he just gets bodied, and sometimes that seems to affect his confidence. So I I guess for the sake of this team and for the longevity of this team, if I'm going to be positive about this, I have to pick Jared Allen. But I wouldn't be surprised if we're seeing a little bit of DeAndre Jordan um, 
maybe halfway through the season. I think by the end they'll they'll, they'll be trying to shoehorn Jared Allen into that spot because it really just benefits them more long term. But uh, yeah, so I, I guess I'm going to go with what you're saying right now. But I, I I could see it going either way with DeAndre Jordan and, and Jared Allen at the moment. Mm-hmm. And and one thing just popped in my head is you're you're you know you're kind of talking about Jared Allen there is there's is it crazy for Kenny Atkinson to kind of play some matchups when he can? I mean, if the Nets are playing the Sixers with Joel Embiid inside, would wouldn't you rather have DeAndre Jordan, who's a little bit more physical? to you know match up with him and then bring Allen off the bench with Dinwiddie. I mean, I don't know they would definitely decide to go that route, but I think it would at least be an option that he can, you know, kind of mix and match to almost I mean protect Allen cuz Allen got beat up pretty good by Embiid. Um and listen, that's nothing against Allen. A yeah. lot of guys get beat up by Embiid. Yeah. But, you know, DeAndre Jordan's a little he's more physical guy that can kind of handle that punishment. I I mean, depending on what's going on with the standings, like where they're at, uh, like if they're if they're in like the two seed right now, then yeah, maybe. But if they're like kind of like in the middle fighting for four or five, you know, I might be just best to give Jared Allen those reps and let him see if he can figure out mm. Joel Embiid. I mean, he it's better for a young center to see as much of the opposition of poss- as possible really and just see as many you know like okay here's what Joel Embiid likes to do he likes to kind of go and like drop step uh on whatever like the the I guess the the right block or whatever like see as much Joel Embiid as possible and that I'm always in mm-hmm. favor of that you know I'm I'm in favor of at least letting a guy start and giving him the idea like okay we see you as this long-term uh picture but I mean again this is a big year for him I think we'll figure out like is this their long-term center like is this who they want to roll with for the future so um i i would probably not i i mean i wouldn't be mad if they put deandre jordan in for a game against Embiid, but if it's like a game in late december i i just think i'd rather just roll the dice with Allen and just see if he can pick just, up anything yeah let it ride i guess yep. um but yeah i mean i think it's so tough to to forecast that at this point, because you don't know, you know, where are they going to be in the standings? Are they fighting for, you know, positioning yep. all there's There's so many factors. It's, it's hard to, uh, accurately forecast that. Right. But just, I want to just throw one, one name out for the, the four or five tandem. Um, do you think there's any chance that Nick Claxton ends up in that, in that mix at any point this season? Um, I think there's a chance. I, I think they're probably going to treat it like they did last year with Kuroks, where they start giving him a little bit of burn after three months of the season, seeing how he looks. He's looked good in some games. He's looked a little uh, unsure what to do in others. I mean, he's mostly just kind of shot the ball from three-point land, essentially, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, and set a couple screens. So I, I haven't seen a ton of him. I know he, he looked really good in that first game, but again, that's against a Brazilian club with no NBA players. So, um, I, I could see them doing it. I mean, it really will just be in situations where they're kind of low. Like if there's an injury or something like that at the four spot and they're just like, we need mm-hmm. to throw something in here. Let's throw him in as a Scott, uh, stop gap guy and just see what we have. And I think there's a chance that that could happen with this team. Um, just because it's, they're already thin at the four and it's a team with some older players who might, run into injuries a little bit more versus if you just have a group of, you know, 
23, 24-year-olds, essentially. So I could see it. I don't think they're going to you know, look at him as somebody that's going to contribute right away this year. I think he's going to see a lot of time in Long Island, but uh, it would be cool. I, I think long-term, he's a really, really exciting piece for them because he's like nothing else they really have. This perimeter-oriented big who can really credibly step out there and defend a point guard, especially if, you know, they're kind of trapped in like one of the corners uh, and trying to like isolate. He can stay with that guy and contest that three-pointer. It's not many guys mm-hmm. can do that in this league. It's it's pretty rare. So I think he's going to be, and he's just not the typical Kenny Atkinson center, you know, hang back towards the rim, pick mm-hmm. and roll to death. Like he's just such a different look for them, yeah. which is why I think everybody's excited about it. But that's just me. I yeah no I mean I I think I think with him it's either a really good thing or a really bad thing if he ends up in the rotation you know like that at some point because it's either really bad in the sense that there's injuries and they're really shorthanded or it's good in the sense that oh you know Claxton's really coming along we like what we see from him so uh, just he's an interesting guy to keep an eye on one of those one of those young guys who you you don't necessarily expect a whole lot from who do you okay here's my last one for you um who do you see them playing against in the first round let's say they make it to the first round of playoffs who do you see them playing and how do you see that going how many games like this is projecting way out mm-hmm. yeah no i i like that um i have so okay so i, I don't know if i gave my official rundown but I, I went Milwaukee one, Philly two, Indiana three. Interesting. Uh, Miami four, Brooklyn five, Boston six, Toronto seven, Orlando eight. Um, and not to get into all the other things, but I'll just talk because I have right now I have Brooklyn going to Miami for a series. And if that was the case, I mean, I think that series would be going seven. I think those two teams are very close. Um, I like Jimmy Butler as, you know, the star down in Miami. But if he's going, I know it's not an exact matchup because they they wouldn't cover each other. But I think him and Kyrie Irving, that would be a fun series to watch those two go back and forth. But ultimately, I think Brooklyn just has the better secondary players of the bunch. Um, I like Justice Winslow. I like Bam Adebayo. I think Tyler Harrow is going to be good down. You know, I think he's going to have a good year this year. But I think that those secondary players, like I'd say, I think Levert. Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, Allen, Joe Harris, DeAndre Jordan. I think that secondary crop of guys is better for Brooklyn. So in a seven-game series, I would I would go with, with Brooklyn in that one. And I think that's my official prediction is that the Nets are going to make the second round playoffs but get bounced then, which, if we're being honest, that's probably, you know, almost the best-case scenario for this Nets team. I found my rankings about – I'd say 15 minutes ago. I did mm-hmm. this in August. So yeah. I originally had mm-hmm. Bucks, Sixers, Heat, Pacers, Nets, Celtics at the six, Nets at the five. I'm dropping the Pacers a lot. I just like, I'm just a little 5% concerned with the Oladipo thing. It just, I don't know. We've heard so many reports mm-hmm. about when he's coming back. So I have a little bit of like fear with them. Um, of course you can easily, I think that's fair, boost up the, the Eastern conference standings. Like if they go on like a crazy 50 win pace with him back, then yeah, Mm -hmm. they could easily bump up or 53 or something like that. But I'm, I'm a little worried. I I'm worried he comes back later, you know, like say in like late December. So you're really looking at missing like 20 to 25 games. That's kind of a lot of the season. So, um, I, I think the best way I would do it is bucks, sixers. I'm just sticking to the heat thing. I just have to do it. Nets. 
Celtics, Pacers. I like my Raptors being in there at the end. And then I got to put the Magic in just because we talk about the Magic at the eight. And then I'm leaving the Pistons off. I know there's a couple people that follow me that are going to be disappointed with that. But I'm not a Pistons guy. I, just, my, I think Blake's going to get dealt. That's my hot take this year. Ooh, I, I actually, I I like that hot take. Yeah. But my thing with the Pistons is just Blake gets hurt for a little yep. bit every year. I mean, you know, and they rely on him so much. I think they're one of the teams where, like, they can't survive a Blake injury. 100%. Um, and I think that the same can be said for a lot of those teams in the middle of the East there. Um, but I just, for some reason, I have the least amount of faith in that squad. Maybe we should do, like, a rundown of the, the each conference next week and just kind of do an, a full NBA thing. I think that would be kind of fun on this podcast. I'd be down to do that. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm in for that. I think I gave, I gave some of those for, uh, for my next state of mind podcast the other day. But I think I'm, I'm pretty, I'm feeling pretty comfortable with, with where I'm at here. I, like I said, I, I'm not like a big predictions guy because mm-hmm. I think not, like 99% of the time you just look like an idiot because yep. no one can predict what's going to happen. Um, but this year, I think especially with how wide open the entire thing is, right. I think it's, it's going to be a very, very interesting season. Because I mean, who's to say? Who's to say Brooklyn can't? You know, Kyrie can't find an MVP type level. Karis LeVert, you know, has you know a breakout year, and the Nets aren't you know a contender in Eastern Conference. I mean, I find that hard to believe right now. But crazier things have happened. I mean, the Raptors beat the Warriors last right. year, and if you told anybody that before the season started, people would have called you crazy. I realized I didn't even give my prediction, like my playoff prediction. Uh, so I guess I have the Nets against the Celtics. I mean, it'd be awesome to beat the Celtics just because there's so much history there, <laughs> just with the trade mm-hmm. and everything like that. Yeah, and uh, beat their yep. beat their draft picks, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I, I'm just all mm-hmm. for anything, and there's the Kyrie aspect of that now. So I think that'd be a fun that would series. Be, yeah. So I, I I'm gonna say they beat that would the be Celtics. An awesome series. Just a little bit more talent on this Nets team, I think, right now, um, and fits a little bit better. I, I think is another thing deeper too. I would even say. Um, so I yeah I'd, mm-hmm. I'd say that's gonna happen and then round two against the Bucks I'm not feeling optimistic about that one. <laughs> Torian Prince on uh, on Giannis was, is I not think, great. <laughs> yeah, I think I think catching the Bucks in the playoffs, Bucks or Philly might be a tall order Ooh, for the Nets. Not great, but you know, like we've been saying, any anyone else in the East if they caught them, eh, they got a shot. You know, they're they're they they could they could beat anybody besides them. I think. Right. All right, let's do uh, random shout-outs real quick. Ooh, okay. Um, you go first because I, I forgot. No I worries. Think of one uh, okay, so I – what am I going to shout-out this week? I am going to shout-out – I did – so I did another podcast. So I have one with my friends. That, that's where I kind of got this idea from. I shouted out signing Elise. That was pretty cool. I don't know if I want to shout that out again, although I am excited okay. about that. I'm really happy to have that done. But I'm – congrats. Yeah, I know that Thank was – Thank you kind it was of a annoying. pain, a pain for you so I'm, a pain in the I'm, ass yeah i'm glad you, i'm glad you're good to go now i have a home uh so that's kind of nice uh i am gonna shout out i'm doing a music shout out i i just like this group's been or, or i think it, i don't even know if it's a group i it could be one guy it could be a group his name's washed out he does like alternative electronic type of music i i don't know really know how i didn't know about this guy like it's the type of like i i listen to a lot of hip-hop but i do like some like alternative type of stuff and it's like the exact sound that i like in terms of that genre and i'm not really sure how i'd never heard of him but i've been on this big mm-hmm. kick lately with washed out so um i'm pretty happy i came across that it's real like 
it's it's real like chill i don't know what's like chill hop i'm not even sure what it's what the genre is but it's it's pretty yeah, interesting I, I don't know what you, chill I wave. Know what you call that but i i chill okay yeah yeah i i know i know what you're talking about i i'll have to i'll have to check that out on your recommendation it's um, a good like writing music like kind of have in the background and like be creative with stuff yeah yeah i do the, like i don't know if you know like like Mitch Mitch Murder, he has like a bunch of bunch of stuff. I listen to that sometimes when I'm nice. when I'm writing, just kind of nice. like Time Cop 1983. Just it's like background music almost. It almost yep. it almost feels like some some of that stuff. I don't know about this washed out, but some of the like some of the stuff I listen to when I'm writing, it's like I'm in an 80s movie almost. Right? Like it's, no, it definitely you know, is a lot that. of synths and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Heavy reverb on vocals too. I have to listen to like ex- yep. like excruciating amounts of reverb if I'm writing. <laughs> Can't hear yeah. any lyrics basically. It needs to sound like you're like singing in a tug- like a tunnel or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um all right, since I'm I forgot about random shout outs, I'm going to do I'm gonna do another cop out where I talk about sports. Because nice. if there's any if there's any team that I'm actually like a diehard 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 fan of, it's the Jets. And watching them beat the Cowboys over the weekend was like, a, it was almost like my my I left my own body for like, <laughs> for a second because oh my god like oh it's just the Jets are the one team I really I really like really live and die with. And they need like they needed a win. I couldn't see them go zero five. And now we got the Patriots. We're we got some guys coming back on D. I'm, I'm excited, and we have a soft schedule second half of the year, so don't, don't. I kind of like let you guys them count like us a, out. It's like a little like wild card, like a sneaky little wild. That's card. what I'm saying. Like when when they go on a big second half run and they make the they make a wild card and go to the playoffs, we're gonna come back to this pod and you're gonna say at one and four, Danny called it. It, there's teams like this every year where it's like, oh yeah, we can just cross this team off, and then it's like, well, they actually have such actually, an easy second half yeah. schedule. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, that's like the Jets. They have like the Bills twice, the, or not the Bills, uh, the Dolphins twice, like the Redskins, the Giants. They got like a bunch of bunch of winnable games. So it's eh, the inverse well, I mean, we'll Bills. I'm, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm talking a big game now, but I'm just I'm honestly just excited to see. Darnold's back and healthy and yeah we actually watch competitive football games because that's like a Jets loss on a Sunday will put me in a bad mood for like two or three days almost it's crazy I'm with it crazy it's all with it it's awful I hate it I hate it (laughs) all right Danny well it's been good talking to you uh we will get back next week maybe we'll do this if we have if we get it done in time we can do our predictions but if not if still I feel like we got we laid out our predictions pretty well what the conference looks like yeah for but, sure. For all sure. right. I will talk to you next time. All right, man.